Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Today we're gonna to be finishing up part two of my video, which was on the Hashimoto supplements. So these are, this is the second part to that. And what we're gonna be discussing, if you haven't seen that one already, is we're gonna be talking about all of the supplements that I would recommend that, if, that you should take if you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So let's just jump in now. If you haven't seen that first video, I would recommend that you go because this is a continuation of that one and it'll make, it'll make a lot more sense if you start there. So remember, as a, as a quick primer, I do want to remind you that when supplementing, we're really looking for three benefits that those supplements should provide in order to be effective if you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. The first is that we want those supplements to reduce inflammation we want them to either balance the immune system, balance immune function, or reduce immune function because Hashimoto's usually is a, is a state where the immune system is, is too stimulated. And we also want them to improve thyroid function. We want them to increase how well the thyroid is functioning because again, most people with Hashimoto's have low thyroid function. They are in a state of hypothyroidism. So we're gonna have a little bit, I would, I would say these are probably um, less common uh, supplements that. Uh, that patients with Hashimoto's maybe are thinking about taking, but I'm gonna to explain to you why I think they're the most effective and I've had really good success with all of these. So the first one's a little more conventional and then we'll get into some of these uh, maybe less conventional topics here. So the first one is vitamin D. Now I'm saying here it can be plus or minus K2. I don't really care if the, if the supplement that you're taking, the vitamin D has K2. Some people are really into K2. They believe that it, it impacts how vitamin D is working and so on. I've really never seen this to be actually true clinically. I've given a lot of D, D3 and K2, which by the way is the form that you want your vitamin D in. So I've given a lot of D3, K2 supplements. I don't really see any benefit to the K2 unless the, the person taking it has cardiovascular disease or bone loss. In those cases, K2 does have some, some clinical utility and some clinical benefit, but for the most part, I think D3 is really what you should be focusing on and that is the most important aspect. So vitamin D3 should definitely be taken probably by all patients who have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. In fact, I have never seen a patient with Hashimoto's thyroiditis have a normal vitamin D level when you check it in their blood if they are not supplementing. So really what ends up happening is that the vast majority of people, in fact, I'm talking just people in the, in the world, really. I think the last time I looked, it was something like 2 billion. I mean, it's huge, 2 billion with a B. People have vitamin D deficiency, which is like roughly you know, about one third or so right around there uh, of the entire world's population is vitamin D deficient. I mean, it's a huge, huge number. Um, but what ends up happening is that most people, because they're not, they don't have a sufficient amount of uh, skin exposed to the sun or they're not at the right latitude to get the right amount of sun, they don't actually produce enough vitamin D in their body. And we know that vitamin D deficiency is associated with a lot of problems. Now, one of those is autoimmunity. So if you have low vitamin D levels, you have an increased risk of developing any autoimmune disease, but especially Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which remember is an autoimmune disease. That's why we care about immune, immune function and inflammation. So repleting your vitamin D level, increasing your vitamin D will have an impact on your immune system and will reduce autoimmunity. I think it's also very critical because it can be one of those things which helps reduce Hashimoto's antibodies. So thyroglobulin antibodies, thyroid peroxidase antibodies, those are the things that um, your body produces, your immune system produces that attack your thyroid gland. You want to drop those antibodies. And one of the ways to do that is by taking vitamin D. Now, what I should note here is that the amount of vitamin D that you take, 
that varies from person to person, okay? Um, but the one thing that you wanna do is make sure you are getting the D3 formulation. I have seen a lot of patients, especially the, the patients who are going to an older physician who, who are given vitamin D2. They get vitamin D2 shots, usually in like 50,000, the 50,000 IU range. I think it's either once a month or once a week, something like that. I, I never prescribe that because it's, it's the wrong formulation, but there are some doctors who will prescribe that. That's the wrong form. So if you're taking that, you're not really gonna see an improvement in your vitamin D. You need to be taking vitamin D3. It'll say D3, look on the back of your supplement, make sure you're taking vitamin D3, and make sure you are getting your vitamin D3 levels up if you have Hashimoto's, and they need to stay up. Now, the best thing to do is to get it all, the all natural way, which is going in the sun, um, some people are going to freak out because they're so afraid of skin cancer and so on, but doing that is actually the best way to get it, provided you don't overdo it, okay? So there's always a balance, and it must be achieved here if you're trying to do it the all-natural way. But that's the best way, but again, it's not even possible for some people, especially if they're at a high latitude, um, or if it's the wrong time of the year, right? If you're in the winter, it's just not possible generally, depending on the weather outside, for you to go outside in the sun. So you'll have to take it. So again, this is really important. Pretty much every single patient with Hashimoto should be taking D3. For this reason, it helps improve the immune system and reduces the risk of further autoimmunity. Because if you have one autoimmune disease, you're at a high risk of developing a second and sometimes even a third, depending on who you are. So that would be number five. Now we're going to get into some of, I would say, the less common um, supplements, but I've had a lot of good success with these. So the first one is pycnogonal. Now that's going to sound funny to you, so let me, pine, let me uh, say the other name, pine bark extract. So pine bark extract, um, that's another name for this supplement, but pycnogonol is the, is the active ingredient in here. Now, the reason I like pycnogonol is because it's kind of hyper-focused on improving immune function, and it tends to have a powerful impact on thyroid antibodies. So it's not exactly clear how it's working um, when you look at the science and the literature and so on, but I can tell you from experience that pycnogonol tends to have an impact, it must be having an impact on the immune system, and it definitely has some impact on thyroid antibody levels. So if you're somebody who has Hashimoto's and you're trying to be really diligent at reducing your thyroid antibodies, and let's say you tried the other things that I've mentioned, you've tried improving your gut, you've been trying to take vitamin D3, uh, maybe you're taking LDN, things like that, you want to drive those antibodies down, but it's just not working, Pycnogonol is something that you should really consider because it's one of those things um, that can be effective at dropping those antibodies. Now, you do have to take a fairly high dose um, and it shouldn't be, ever be taken by itself, so I, I would put it as part of a, a complete regimen here, but that tends to be how pycnogonol is working by improving the immune system and reducing thyroid antibodies. And again, remember, those thyroid antibodies are the thing um, which, which are causing the inflammation and damage to the thyroid gland. So if you can eliminate those or at least drive them down, right? They should be trending downward and you can keep an eye on them with your blood work. That's a good sign, generally a good sign. Now you can't always live and die by the antibody range. That's a whole nother story. But generally, it's usually a good thing as these antibodies go down, but not always. Okay, number seven is fish oil. So the reason we like fish oil, the reason I like fish oil, is because it helps to reduce inflammation, okay? It has a high concentration of omega-3 fatty acids. So these fatty acids um, tend to be they tend to reduce inflammation. So we, you have something in your body called the omega-3 um, to omega-6 fatty acid ratio. Now this is the ratio, uh, which is really the amount of omega-3 fatty, omega fatty acids to omega-6 fatty acids. Now most people, if you're, especially if you're eating the standard American diet, you're not eating you know, fish oil or taking a fish oil capsule, you tend to have a higher amount of these omega-6s. Okay, And this omega-6, it is a pro-inflammatory 
sign for the body. So the more omega-6 relative to three tends to drive the immune system down the pro-inflammatory cascade or pro-inflammatory pathway. So you don't want that to happen, right? Remember, inflammation will damage the thyroid gland directly. It will cause problems with the immune system and, and will also damage the, um, your thyroid function through its impact on T4 to T3 conversion. So you do not want any inflammation, any excess inflammation in the body. Now, what fish oil does is it actually balances out that omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acid ratio, and it can at least pull, um, pull your foot off the gas of the pro-inflammatory cascade. So it may not completely reduce inflammation itself, but it does at least draw, draw your pedal out or draw the foot off the gas pedal, which is still a good thing. In addition to that, it also has effects on reducing fat mass um, and increasing lean muscle mass. Uh, which are all beneficial if you have any sort of thyroid condition. So fish oil is definitely a standard. I consider fish oil to be one of like um, the top five supplements that I think pretty much, you know, all healthy people should consider taking on a day-to-day -day basis for that reason. Now, again, you have to make sure that you're using the right kind, um, you're using a sufficient dose, you're making sure that it gets in your bloodstream and so on. Those are all different, different conversations, but fish oil itself tends to be very beneficial if you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So that would be number seven. Number eight, we have CBD, so cannabidiol. So CBD, especially CBD oil, tinctures, whatever, creams, I mean, there's all sorts of ways that you can get CBD in your body, but I'm talking about that CBD. So I think it was maybe earlier this year, I can't remember exactly, but CBD started to uh, pick up a little bit of steam, and then I think what ended up happening, I can't exactly remember now that I'm talking about it off the top of my head, but I think it was, it tended to be, or it was allowed to be legal in many states around that time period. And so we saw the market get flooded with this. And previously I hadn't really been using it because it wasn't exactly easy to get. And there were some potential legal issues, but now that those are gone, I had the chance to try this out on a lot of patients and had a lot of good success. Um, and this, by the way, works for almost all autoimmune conditions, but it tends to have a balancing effect on immune function. It also helps to um, improve sleep, which can reduce inflammation. It has a, has a ton of secondary benefits as well. It can modulate pain. Um, it can help reduce the, the impact or the sensation of pain on your body, um, reduce stress, improve sleep, and then also has some, some impact on the immune system through its, through, the, through its impact on CBD receptors. So CBD is actually a new kit on the block, but it, I've had a lot of success with it since using it since that time. Um, I, th I can't remember if it was about a year ago or something like that. Uh, time's kind of blurry now since 2020, but something like that, right? Um, and it's been, it's been effective and it's something that I think Hashimoto's patients should consider. Now, the cool thing about CBD is that it can pretty much be added to anything that we're talking about here. So if you wanna, if you're going back to my, my first um, video where I talked about adrenal supplements and, and supplements for gut health and so on, you can slap CBD on top of that and not have any problem and it won't interfere with any of those, those other supplements. Same thing with pycnogonol. So you can add these things on top of supplements that you're already taking and it will boost the effectiveness of whatever you're already using. So that's why I think CBD also plays or is also a potential good um, added supplement that you can use. Uh, I'm not sure if it's available in all states. Um, I don't know that off the top of my head. So it might not be available where you are, although, but again, I'm not sure on that. So just make sure you look into that before you try to order it. Um, but it can definitely be effective. And then I'm gonna put a bonus one down here. Um, and this one is definitely controversial. I could do a, an entire video and I probably will just on iodine. But there's a lot of conventional wisdom which suggests that the use of iodine in the setting of Hashimoto's is almost always dangerous to patients who have Hashimoto's. Now I'm here to tell you that, that it's a much more nuanced conversation than than what I just described to you, okay? So it is the case that sometimes, rarely, taking iodine can cause damage to somebody or can cause harm to somebody who has Hashimoto's. 
But in my experience, as long as you use the right supplements with it, including selenium, which I mentioned on my first video, iodine is actually really beneficial for those patients who have Hashimoto's. Remember, every human being requires iodine. You can't get around that. Every human being requires iodine and human beings cannot produce it on their own. They must consume it through food or they must take it through dietary supplements. You have to get iodine in your body and that includes patients who have Hashimoto's. Okay, you still need iodine. And I have another video which I talked about the source of the food sources of iodine. And it's in all sorts of things, milk, eggs, fruit. So if you're in the camp where you think, where you think iodine is dangerous to those people who are Hashimoto's, or who have Hashimoto's, go watch that video and look at the, the iodine you're getting from food sources. It's way more than you think that you're getting. So it can't possibly be the case that Hashimoto's is, or that iodine is dangerous to all people with Hashimoto's. Otherwise we'd have a rampant population of people with Hashimoto's who are running around doing worse constantly because they're eating healthy foods like strawberries and things like that. Okay, it's, it's just not the case, all right? I understand that there's a lot of conventional wisdom and people that tell you that, that iodine is dangerous in Hashimoto's, but that just really isn't borne out when you look at uh, people. Um, when, when I've looked at, I've tested hundreds of people, in fact, probably thousands at this point, um, and most of them do very, very well taking iodine. And even though, and the problem is most of them are told to avoid it, and that becomes an, a big issue down the road as well. So I added this bonus here. Again, that could be a whole nother, whole nother video topic. Um, but here on part two, I want to talk about some less conventional things like pycnogonol, um, CBD oil, um, fish oil maybe. You, you might have been familiar with fish oil. I'm sure you're familiar with vitamin D. And then iodine, you may or may not have uh, been aware of the benefit there. Um, so if you have Hashimoto's, if you're using any of these, let me know. I want to know what your experience has been, especially if you've had the similar success as I have with pine, bar pine bark extract or pycnogonol, CBD, or any of the ones listed here. Let me know below. If you are somebody using the wrong formulation of vitamin D, by the way, from your doctor, I want to hear about that as well. Because if you are taking that wrong form, it means your doctor has no idea what they're talking about. Okay, so probably time to get a new doctor if that's the case. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you download my free thyroid PDF resources. I have tons of information all designed to help patients who have thyroid problems. You can get that for free in the downloads below. Um, I spent a lot of time on these resources. I think you'll find them very beneficial if you haven't already. So again, leave your, your comments or questions below and otherwise I will see you guys in the next one.